If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at American Signature Furniture or designerlooks.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey everyone, it's Los. I'm finally back. I hope uh, you didn't miss me too much. I know that Mung and Dan get a, did a fantastic job without me. Um, hopefully you guys uh, won the past two weeks. Yeah, it was uh, next man up here at the podcast and Los was trending up all week and he is active tonight. Here we are. Uh, surprise late scratch like Zach Moss, but what can you do? Or Carlos Hyde yeah that was kind of a crazy situation but it's it's been a crazy season in general uh, a lot of injuries to big name fantasy stars to talk about tonight among other things and uh let's get right into it but of course we will start with uh a quick live read los do you want to take this one since you've been out oh my sure <clears throat> Well, ladies, gentlemen, do y'all like to make prop bets each week? If so, Thrive Fantasy is perfect for you, offering DFS-style contests where you pick 10 out of 20 prop bets each week and compete against other players on how many you get right. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more you pick correctly, the more points you score, helping you to place and win money. Thrive has paid out over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018. And if you use our promo code ADDICTS, that's A-D-D-I-C-T-S, when you sign up for an account and deposit $20 minimum, you'll receive an instant match of up to $50 credited to your account. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. Yeah, and it's really tough to hit on these prop bets. Uh, a lot of these lines are pretty much right where you would expect a player to be at, and uh, it's definitely fun, though. Yeah, hey, winning's great. Losing's fun, too, right? Yeah, sadly, uh, even with all our fantasy analysis, even with projecting these games, crazy things happen and nothing is ever a sure bet. That's what we've learned. But you, you, you play, it's for the love of the game, not you play to win the game, no harm. You play for the love of the game. Well, I love winning. Uh, well, all you do is win, Mung. Well, at least this week, that's true. Um, I'm certainly very happy about all of my leagues i think this will be the first league or first week excuse me that i will be six and oh across my leagues congratulations very good i'm not faring so well um i'd say about uh, two-thirds of the way i'm i'm right gotcha and a question for you los uh, i, I think Please. this uh bears addressing real quick before we dive into the week five previews did your leagues implement any sort of alternate rule this week with the uh covid postponements yeah actually one of my leagues um a very very well-run league uh, implemented a situation where you could designate a player uh to replace another player but you had you had to call that by game time and post it on the league board of course and then the commissioner was going to go out of his way to graciously uh adjust make the adjustment if these tonight games didn't happen um thankfully that uh really hasn't come up so so we'll uh, see how implementation goes in the future but so far sounds so good 
Yeah, I've seen some disagreements on Twitter and, you know, online forums as to whether that's something that league should just roll with or if this rule should be implemented. I feel like it's very 50-50. Personally, I prefer the alternate rule. I, I think this is a different situation than if a player is just questionable to play with, like, an ankle injury or something. Um, yeah, I'm fine either way. I just uh, want to keep uh, straight which league has which rules because, you know, I mean, the, the rules, they give you a chance to – figure out plans, game plan. You know, if you didn't have that rule, some people might have had to drop players or might be dropping in the coming week. So always scan those drop lists, scan your waiver wires. Right. This year, more than any is really kind of, you have to roll with the punches and certainly uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did that after falling behind early to the chargers. So, uh, we kick off this week's slate of games with Thursday night football, Tampa Bay at Chicago. Chris Godwin probably out again on a short week with that hamstring injury, and O.J. Howard is sadly done for the year with that Achilles tear. And then Mike Evans also questionable with a high ankle sprain, even though he was able to finish out the game against the Chargers. So we could see more Gronk, more Cameron Brait uh, have bigger roles in the passing game with all these wide receiver injuries. Fournette is likely out again as well with a high ankle sprain. Uh, don't really know exactly what happened with Sean McCoy, but he has an ankle injury as well. So Ronald Jones, strong RB2 start once again, no? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, th I think roll him out. Uh, Kishon Vaughn did get some play in that second half after uh, Ronald Jones just straight up dropped a couple passes, but um, I, I don't expect uh, the, the reins to be fully handed over. It did take time for uh, Brady to adjust to this game. Uh, and among it, I'm going to bring it up because you didn't really, it gives me absolutely no pressure to keep hammering your, you or Rob Gronkowski. I just want to help you move on one catch on three targets. He looks slow. He's overthrown by Brady just about every time. I, I think it's a losing formula, especially with the other two tight ends scoring touchdowns here. Now, OJ Howard's injury does open the window back up, but do you feel confident grabbing that? It's not a bad matchup against the bears. I'll admit that too. Do you feel any semblance of confidence rolling Gronkowski out there? Are you making the change to Brait, or are you just avoiding it altogether? I'm probably going to avoid it altogether. I think there are enough yeah. good tight end options out there. Uh, Gronk's a, you know, a touchdown dependent tight end too here. In deeper leagues or in leagues where you have a lot of tight ends rostered, maybe you go for them, but probably not. Yeah, I'm sad, but you know, so you, you got to know when to cut bait sometimes. Just like, uh, you know, I, 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 when our, our dynasty league started, I drafted Demarius Thomas after he had that monstrous year and sadly finally traded him away. And here he is not, not even, you know, not even a fantasy name anymore. So sometimes when these players are done, they're just done. And I think we'll talk about a couple more as this, as this episode goes along. Well, uh, I hope you don't mean Nick Foles because this will be an epic rematch of that Super Bowl. Oh. Nick Foles, Tom Brady. Can it Nick Foles beat Brady teams, again? Two, two same quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe they'll, he'll recreate that magic on Thursday night in primetime, but I'm not so sure. The Bucks' defense is playing pretty well for the most part, although Herbert looked good. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But really, it's Allen Robinson and David Montgomery and no one else on the Bears offense you really want to rely on for fantasy. Um, good to note, though, Montgomery did play 85% of the snaps on offense, a career high for him with Cohen out. So, you know, Tampa Bay among the best run defenses in the league, still just a flex. But seeing six targets as a receiver against the Colts, uh, it does give him some PPR volume to fall back on. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm expecting more of the same game plan here. Heavy usage for uh, David Montgomery, but I really don't see him as a ton more than a solid running back three, like a usage-based running back three against this good Tampa Bay rush defense. I think Robinson's probably going to have a pretty big day here, though. Yeah, the, you know, both teams have some injuries, uh, Tampa Bay, especially on offense. This might be a ugly, low-scoring game on Thursday night, but I, I will lean the Bucks here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Buccaneers without question. All right, the next game is going to be starting off the Sunday noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern slate, Carolina at Atlanta. And the Panthers' offense is surprisingly looking very good, even without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, just not so much for DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson has turned into the number one, quote-unquote, on this offense. He's a good high-end wide receiver to play this week against Atlanta. Bridgewater's a solid streamer we'll talk about in the waiver section. And Mike Davis has been the best pickup so far, probably off the waiver wire this year. Uh, he's a solid RB2. How do you feel about DJ Moore going forward? Yeah, uh, call me late to the party, but I'm officially concerned about DJ Moore. Um, as an upside run wide receiver too, the connection has not been what I expected. He again trailed Robbie Anderson in production targets, receptions, um, and yardage. Uh, that said, I'm certainly not sitting him against Atlanta. No, this is a great matchup for all the Panthers. You're starting pretty much everybody. Do you think Reggie Bonifan is worth a shot in deeper leagues or maybe DFS? He did see some run behind Davis. That really depends on what. Uh, oh, DFS. Yeah, he could be a good. Uh, he could be a good play there. Um, but season long, I would be. It would be tough for me to start him in a season long. Yeah, and then on the other side of this matchup, we're going to see how healthy Julio is tonight with the hamstring and Calvin Ridley with that ankle injury. Um, health is going to be the key for those two guys, but really this should be a shootout on both sides of this game. I, I love the over on this and all the Falcons from Matt Ryan to Russell Gage. Uh, it should be a fun game. Yeah. If, if they're all back, it's going to be even more fun. Um, but between those three uh, wide receivers, uh, Hayden Hurst, maybe he'll get some show tonight. Maybe he'll uh, put a touchdown on the board. Who knows? Maybe he can next week too. Um, keep an eye out for uh, the running back Todd Gurley tonight though. Make sure he doesn't get injured. Yeah, and call me crazy, but uh, the Panthers are looking good. They're looking sharp, and the Falcons have a track record of giving up leads. So I'm actually going to take the Panthers here. Okay, here's the question. Is Christian McCaffrey playing next week? No, so the earliest he can be back is week six. That's, that's well, the earliest. Well, then I guess Carolina's going to win because they're 2-0 and without him, baby. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm taking Atlanta. I'm not going totally nuts. <laughs> okay, interesting. All right. The, I think this Dan is, Quinn uh, has been dreadful. Don't get me wrong. That defense has fallen apart. But uh I don't know. Give me Atlanta. All right. I mean it's good that we finally disagree. I think we all picked the same picks last week. Yeah, and uh and we went down with the ship with Houston, unfortunately. Well, as did Bill O'Brien, but uh that's another story for yeah. ten minutes from now. For, uh, <laughs> yeah, for not too long from now. Yeah, very, very shortly. Um, but the next one, first off, is Buffalo at Tennessee. And the big question is Josh Allen's shoulder, which he got hurt on a tackle. Uh, luckily, it is his non-throwing shoulder, and he was able to finish the game fine against the Raiders here. This game should, in theory, happen also with no further positive COVID tests from any uh, Tennessee players or personnel as of this morning. So hopefully this game will happen. We're going to see if the Bills decide to hold out Allen for a week to heal that shoulder. Their goal, obviously, is going to be a deep playoff run, given how they've started the year. So, 
you know, it, it would be prudent maybe to rest Allen and not risk a, a aggravating that injury, making him miss more time. If Matt Barkley were to get the start, this would obviously be a hit to Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley, but I like Cole Beasley a lot for the rest of the season. He's been very involved in a red-hot offense. Yeah, this is going to be a tough matchup for the uh, rested, well, hopefully rested, Tennessee Titans. May, hopefully they haven't been hacking and coughing and, you know, uh, and needing Tylenol every five minutes for the uh, for the past week and the week to come. Um, but the other wrinkle, COVID-related, is that this game might still be at risk of not being played because of Tennessee's COVID mismanagement uh, the league. Um, there's been word that the league has might be going so far as to doling out some sort of punishment with their management of this situation. So I'm not afraid of this game not happening just yet, but just know that the possibility is there uh, and I completely agree I think this week especially there's another there's another week of room for Beasley to sneak in another touchdown with Tredavious White probably locking on to Stefan Diggs uh, that Buffalo outside situation is very good so um, they, the more targets may filter to the middle of the field to the Wait, slot receiver. White and Diggs are on the same team you know that right <laughs> oh my goodness what am there? I thinking <laughs> Sorry, right. well, you're, you're, well, uh, you're for, rusty. For some reason, from... Tennessee's pretty darn good too. <laughs> well, it's all right. You're rusty from two weeks off. You know, you need a few carries to get back. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I mean, something to definitely keep track of. We don't know which players tested positive, so we don't know if they're fantasy relevant players. Obviously, offensive linemen would be huge too. Um, so just keep an eye out. And of course, if Matt Barkley were to get the start, uh, the t- the Titans' defense would definitely be in play for fantasy purposes. For sure. We've seen too much of Matt Barkley in Chicago. As of right now, with Josh Allen projected to play as far as we know, um, I will take Buffalo. Yeah, give me Buffalo. All right. Next game up is going to be the Raiders at the Chiefs. Hunter Renfro and uh, Darren Waller should continue to see high target volume with Edwards and Ruggs struggling with injuries. What do you think about Jacobs, though? He he got used a ton in week one when they were ahead, and he's gotten some usage in the passing game as a receiver, but not so much when they fall behind. I am actually not concerned. Sure, he's not seeing the the usage that you want in a bell cow running back, but he's actually not seeding as much as you would think to Jalen Richard. Um, he only has he only had four targets this past week. Uh, Richard did, and Jacobs has been moving. He's been passing. He's been doing quite well, and I think he's going to do very well against Kansas City here. Kansas City, we're going to see tonight. They play very tough against the pass. This should be a good week for the running back and the tight end, Darren Waller. Yeah, we're seeing the Patriots run game have some success tonight with Chris Jones out, so that's going to be a big injury to monitor. Uh, Of course, if you do have Jacobs on your roster, um, I I doubt you have much better options. You're certainly not benching him. For trades, I would think he's a buy low. No, given his usage, he's still a, a top 10 running back. Yeah, if you can find somebody that uh, that he managed to fall to that didn't really believe in him to begin with, I would certainly target that owner. All that being said, we're not betting against Patrick Mahomes again after that mistake of taking Baltimore. No, you know that. All right, sweep it for Kansas City here. The next game up is going to be Arizona Cardinals at the New York Jets. And it's been really disappointing uh, with Kenyon Drake, probably one of the biggest busts of the season so far, just isn't being used in the passing game. And then with Kyler Murray running so much, it's great for Kyler's fantasy output, but it's really hurting Drake here. 
And then also you have Chase Edmonds being used over him as a pass catcher, which is interesting. I won't go so far as to say that Drake is droppable because he's still getting a ton of carries, but at this point, he's just a touchdown de- dependent flex. Are, are you buying, holding, or, or selling here? I'm holding right here. You're absolutely right. He is near the top of the league in carries. Uh, Edmonds did get a quarter of all running back carries this week and all six running back targets out of the pass game, which, trust me, that, that bothered me immensely as a, as a uh, Drake roster. Uh, Drake has been completely ineffective. He has not justified his draft cost thus far, at least in the past three weeks. Uh, if he can't get it done in New York, it might be time to abandon ship, but, but I'm not selling ahead of schedule here. Um, if the game goes as it should, Against against the Jets, we should hopefully see Drake get back to form here. Maybe throw in a touchdown. Um, gosh, I would really like to see you know eighty plus yards on the ground. Maybe a little you know forty in the air and a touchdown. That'd be great. But uh, whew, boy, it has not looked very good. And then in the receiver side, Kirk had a touchdown, but Hopkins is still dominating targets here. I, I, are you jumping in on Christian Kirk starting in a season long? No. It- feels like Kirk and Isabella and whoever else are just going to be fighting yeah. for targets behind Hopkins here. Um, the one yeah. quick note too: Drake did leave the game shortly with a chest injury, but he was just shaken yeah. up. So nothing severe. He should be playing. Uh, that's part, part of the reason Edmund saw a few more uh, carries. Hopefully he's all right. Hopefully, hopefully he gets back to that player we saw last year. Maybe there's a reason that uh, no team is committed to him being the workhorse thus far. And we're seeing the result. Right, and on the uh, on the Jets side here, a more concerning injury for them, Sam Darnold might be out, which could potentially have Joe Flacco throwing to Jameson Crowder this week. Uh, Perriman and Mims will see about their injuries, but in their absence, Jeff Smith seems to have stepped into the number two wide receiver role, but that doesn't really matter outside of DFS or very deep leagues. The one good piece of news for the Jets is that Le'Veon Bell sounds optimistic to return. Uh, He would be a decent flex option, though I think we're still going to see quite a bit of Frank Gore and P. Ryan that's going to limit Bell's upside. Yeah, he's really the only play I see here if Flacco is starting. Um, And... crazy thought but check your waiver wires uh in one of my leagues actually somebody maybe this is an aberration maybe this hasn't happened in many places but my guess is that if it's happened in mine it may have happened in one of yours somebody just outright dropped Le'Veon bell and he has been ir eligible he might not be this week but i'd consider adding him i I certainly think there's room on my roster for him He, he wouldn't be the worst player on almost anyone's roster do you think so Yeah, I mean, I think people are just hurting for running backs who are seeing consistent touches in general right now. So certainly worth a look. Although I I will see. um, I think he would be, I mean, especially when you're seeing what's going on in Baltimore, uh, LA, uh, both both the Chargers and the Rams, all these players, all these, you know, teams with split workloads. I have a heavy suspicion that Gase is gone sometime in the next three weeks. And when that happens, there, there's no way that another coach comes in and misuses Le'Veon Bell and doesn't give him 80% of the running back touches and keeps leaning on Frank Gore. There's no way. Nobody would do that. We'll see. The report right now out of New York is that they want to give Gase the whole year. So we'll see if any horrendous losses change that. But uh, I'm certainly, wow. I'm certainly taking Arizona in this game. Yeah, I'm taking Arizona and and a team that, you know, losing to a team that lost to uh, Detroit and then again, uh, um, who who, uh, Arizona lost to this week, uh, that that could do it. 
All right, the next game up is going to be Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. And the Eagles stole a win thanks to their sleeper agent, Nick Mullins, who waited until the fourth quarter to uh, throw a suspicious pick. But they're likely going to get crushed by a real healthy defense this week. And really, it's disappointing because Zach Ertz looks like he should have taken whatever deal was on the table from the Eagles instead of holding out for more money because he looks like Jason Witten out there. It's not good. As yeah, I think Sanders. it's legitimately time to start being very, very concerned up for Zach Ertz. Four catches, five targets for just nine yards with no healthy receivers. Dallas Goddard out. Um, maybe that was the game plan for San Francisco, just to lock on, on Zach Ertz. But Pittsburgh's not going to play him any lighter. And even with that coverage and attention, he just didn't look great out there. You're right to say that he looked like Witten, and that's not, you know, not not meant to be insulting. Even though I guess it is extremely comparing him to, you know, a 40 year old dude. But um, he doesn't look great. I might consider not. Uh, I might strongly consider another option here if I had one. Right, but I certainly would not drop Ertz. As you said, defenses have been honing in on him with no other viable wide receivers. So I do think things will open up a little bit for him as a check down target again. Uh, you know, once Rager or Jackson or Jeffrey or just anybody comes back for the wide receiver yeah. core. Warm bodies. And on the Pittsburgh side here, uh, I mean, they had their quote-unquote buy, much like Tennessee loved Deontay Johnson, who should be back from that concussion now with two weeks to heal up. Um, you know, Juju, Ben, Connor, you're starting all these guys. Yeah, I don't think their uh, buy could have come at a better time. They might have planned this. <laughs> well, I mean, their their schedule gets shaken up a bit, but certainly uh, it helps that they are rested and healthy. Uh, I will add, though, that Benny Snell should continue to be rostered if possible, given Connor's track record here with the injuries. Agreed. Uh, I will take uh, Pittsburgh at home. Certainly, uh, I will do that as well. The next right. game here is going to be the L.A. Rams at the Washington football team. Man, I I was high on Daryl Henderson uh, this week. Uh, you know, I, I listed him as a sell in dynasty leagues because I expected it to be a committee again after Akers was back, but he inexplicably got fewer carries and targets than Malcolm Brown against the Giants in Week Four. This is a backfield that's going to be a mess, especially uh, if Akers is back this week. And then Higby isn't getting enough targets either to be viable. And then that Jarrett, or excuse me, Gerald Everett rushing touchdown on Sunday helped absolutely no one. I'm sure everyone was mad about that. Whether you had Cook or uh, whether you had Woods or Cup, I had a brain fart there myself. I almost said Cooks, <laughs> but um, no, not anymore. Yeah, this still comes down to Jared Goff. He had a great matchup here and just whiffed. And this Rams team continues to be a kind of a Jekyll and Hyde situation week to week. So Woods and Cup are the only reliable starts here for fantasy. They're certainly the only reliable starts. Um, I, I think I might lean on Malcolm Brown if if I was desperate. You know, this is not a situation that I want any part of whatsoever. So they're... I read something that I don't know how much I buy, but it does sort of make sense that Malcolm Brown was left in because they trust his pass protection a little more and the giants were blitzing a lot, but the giants are not a good defense. So I, I mean, 
I don't know. If that's what it comes down to, Washington's line and pass rush is better than the Giants. So it's entirely possible that we see a lot of the same from uh, Malcolm Brown this week. Henderson had just eight carries in the one target to Brown's nine carries in the six targets, which I would expect a complete flip of that, certainly. Uh, Henderson is much better in the pass gang, a much more uh, dynamic pass catcher and runner. So I don't know. I guess trust in Sean McVay. He knows what he's doing to try and win football games, but... Hard to trust for fantasy purposes. Yeah, not great. Um, also not great on the Washington side. Logan Thomas played 66 <laughs> snaps on offense, uh, 93% of the total possible. Saw just four targets, one catch for eight yards. You know, I, I liked Thomas earlier this year. I thought he might be a good play even this week uh, against Baltimore with a lot of garbage time volume, but apparently not. Uh, Thomas can probably be dropped at this point. Maybe... Maybe he'll be somewhat interesting if Washington does make the quarterback switch to Kyle Allen, but right now it's just Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. Yeah, this was the coming out party for uh, rookie Antonio Gibson with 13 of the 16 running back carries, five targets, huge game. Uh, McKissick is still coming in on some passing downs and getting some work. I think this might be a trap against the Rams, though. I expect the uh, Rams to dominate here. Uh, despite the poor showing against the Giants. Maybe maybe you're seeing a different game script here than I am, but uh, I am a little worried about diving in with two feet. Now, if you have the luxury of throwing him in as, the, as a high upside flex, then I would go with Gibson. But if you have another more solid uh, play at running back two, and that's where you need to slot him in, I would do that. Yeah, I was pleased I had to start Gibson in a couple leagues with James Conner out, but uh, I, I do think we're going to see more Antonio Gibson in general, although as to your points, if they fall behind early, we could see more McKissick again. Um, but again, d- just a poor showing against the Giants, so I'm not so sure that this is going to be a blowout by the Rams by any means. That's, I think they'll figure it out. Washington's bad, and McFay's smart. He's not going to let something silly like that happen two weeks in a row. Right, but I, I will take the Rams. Yeah, absolutely. Give me the Rams. All right, next game up is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. Joe Mixon finally, finally broke out. Hopefully the Bengals will continue to actually use him in the passing game over Gio Bernard. Uh, But outside of that, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, these are both great wide receiver three plays. Uh, Should see a lot of garbage time volume against the Ravens. And A.J. Green, I, I think he's droppable at this point. Are you still holding on if you have him on any teams? Yeah, that's what I alluded to earlier. I think I am officially declaring A.J. Green as done as a fantasy contributor for his career, essentially, unless I see something drastically change. He is getting continued opportunities. He is making, suffice to say, he's not making the most of them, to put it lightly. I expect him to stay on the field and on the team strongly as a veteran presence, but I would not start him in any fantasy formats at this point. Yeah, maybe we'll see him be relevant again with Andy Dalton on the Patriots next year, something like that. <laughs> Could be. Uh, Burrow's also looking great. He is uh, everything that was advertised as the number one overall draft pick, but I don't think Baltimore is the defense to get cute against here. No, he's a fine streamer, just not this week. Um, on the Baltimore side here, they looked great against Washington, but that's kind of the story this year. They've beat up on some really bad teams, and They've not looked great against good teams. And then 
The other problem is it's still a very run-heavy offense, so this limits Andrews and Marquise Brown if they don't score touchdowns. Uh, of course, you're not benching Andrews, but Brown is more of a boomer bust flex play than a consistent wide receiver two or three, as some wanted him to be preseason. And then uh, there's just zero consistent usage of the running backs, too. Ingram's a touchdown-dependent flex, and then the other two are just kind of a hope and prayer RB4s if they punch in a touchdown, no more than Jordan Howard, guys like that. Completely agree. I think I try to try to avoid starting any of the running backs, despite how good the offense to do here in season long. The Ingram is too inconsistent. The rookie Dobbins is not getting enough looks yet, though I do expect that to show an uptick. You know, maybe uh, uh, halfway into the season. But both do become nullified by Gus Edwards, who the coaching staff has dubbed their closer to take the baseball term. What this means for you non-baseball fans is that if Baltimore gets ahead. Edwards is going to get the carries, and you will be nothing but frustrated starting Ingram or Dobbins. And I don't know if you're throwing Edwards into your lineups. They even put RG3 in for a bit to protect Lamar Jackson, so they are not afraid to use their backups. This is very smart football. Uh, It just isn't great for your fantasy teams. And as you talked about with the wide receivers, um, I'm actually calling for an 18-plus point week for Hollywood Brown here. Just a gut feeling. This is the week that they connect. We've seen a number of shots where they just missed. Some were a little more than just missing. You know, they were blatant overthrows. But this is the week one or two of them connect for a deep touchdown. Are you holding Dobbins? Is that is that record dependent if you're you yes. know, three and one, one and three? Absolutely. I'm holding him regardless of what I what the record is. Hold Dobbins. Unless you have like you know, a re- one man, one or two man bench or something crazy like that. I would hold, but you know, given all the injuries, if you need a, a, a player to help you win now, if you're one and three going into next week, then I, I see no issue dropping Dobbins, but hold if possible, right? Yeah, absolutely. I hope it's possible because I, I, like I said, I, I do think at some point he becomes more usable. I assume we're both going to take Baltimore here. Sweep it. All right, the next game up is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. Of course, the Texans are in disarray after starting 0-4, so Minshew's a fine streamer here. You're certainly not scared of that Houston defense, especially with DJ Shark back. Uh, Apparently, he's the cog that makes this entire offense go, as we saw Minshew really kind of get dismantled by Miami and then bounce back strong this past week. LaVisca Chenault should still be on your fantasy radar, though, because he seems to actually be better when Shark is in, helping move the offense down the field. He's still a decent flex play. James Robinson inexplicably continues to dominate all of the work and the running back receptions. I don't know that I'm going to call him a running back one, but he's practically a running back one here against Houston. And uh, much like uh, my call at Hollywood Brown, I'm calling a huge week for DJ Shark again here. Yeah, I love Chark and James Robinson. I've seen, real quick, let's dive in. I've seen a lot of debate on, is he a sell high? Is he a hold? Is he a buy? Um, What are your feelings first in redraft and then in dynasty? Mm, At the very least, I'd hold him one more week because I think he's going to dominate here. If you want to sell him after after this week, um, let's, uh, since we're diving, let's go ahead and take a look at the Jaguar schedule. Jaguar schedule which I, of course, don't have in front of me because you sort of put me on the spot, you jerk. <laughs> Here, I, I've got it pulled up. James Robinson, this week, of course, he faces Houston, and then after yep. that, he gets Detroit, and then their bye week is up. Following that, they get a tough matchup against the Chargers, and then they get Houston again, and then they're at Green Bay, and then Pittsburgh. So, you know, up and down matchups. 
Okay, so maybe sell him just before your trade deadline, just before that Steelers-Browns uh, stretch starts to happen, because then it goes Steelers-Browns-Vikings, which is okay. Titans, Ravens, Bears. So at some point, you're going to want to sell him, but I think you'd cash in on this. I think you, at the very least, uh, absorb this Houston week and reap all the rewards. See, I think he's a fine hold. Um, real quick game update, though. My boy, McCole Hardman, touchdown. Love it. Very Love nice. It. Very nice. How many yards? Ton of them, I bet. No, just uh, four catches for 27 yards right now, I think. But uh, Short touchdown for Hardman. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was one of those, uh, it counts as a Mahomes touchdown where he just pitches it forward. Ah, yes, one of those shovels. But uh, certainly that's why you love Mahomes. All those count, you know, just give it to Hill, give it to Hardman, whoever, and, you know, they do all the work, he gets a touchdown. They're all touchdowns, that's right, they're all points. Um, And I actually have no issue holding on to James Robinson because he is getting quite a lot of receptions in the passing game, even when they were down uh, as against Miami. So I think he's a fine hold. Um he is a sell for me in dynasty though, because I do think that, you know, this Jaguars team is very much in flux and I could still see them adding someone to the backfield for 2021 and beyond. So would you sell them here in dynasty or would you sell them at the end of the season? What do you, what are you saying? I mean, that's all team dependent, right? If you're contending, sure. you know, yeah. he's still worth a hold. He's going to get you to the fantasy playoffs, hopefully. Uh, if you're not in contention in dynasty formats, I would sell him for a first round pick in a what should be another pretty good rookie class. Oh, yeah. If you can get that, I, I'm completely on board. But he's he's essentially he's absorbed. He, he's, you know, it's like Leonard Fournette morphed into James Robinson. He's taking all the carries. He's taking all the rushes. And it's a different coaching staff altogether, which is really what's boggling my mind. Yeah, running back production is so volume dependent, and that's why I have, I have him as a hold or a buy. If anyone in your league is selling Robinson, thinking that you know they're pulling the wool over somebody's eyes by selling on a, you know, I would buy. I'm I'm pretty f- yeah. I'm pretty happy with him at RB two for the rest of the season. Agreed. Agreed. All right, on the Houston side then, uh, who bet on Bill O'Brien as the first head coach to be fired this year? Congrats uh, if you had that pick. Um, But two things to note here, Los, first, I I do apologize to you. We talked Sunday morning over text. I did advise you to start Brandon Cooks over Preston Williams. Uh, Not that Williams did that much better. Um, but it's kind of baffling. Cooks ran a route on 39 of 40 passing plays against the Vikings, but that resulted in zero catches on three targets. So you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Cooks does not need to be rostered right now. Maybe Bill O'Brien is going to help, uh, or maybe, excuse me, maybe Bill O'Brien being gone is going to help this offense, but that remains to be seen. It's just, I don't understand it. Well, I graciously accept your apology, but you know it was my decision. I uh, I went through the process. The process was correct. He ran way too many routes to see no targets. Um, with a new coaching staff, Romeo Cornell taking over, and Bill O'Brien not calling the plays, which he did this week, um, I, I, it's hard for me to put that all on Bill O'Brien because Cooks was out there. There's an element of Watson not throwing him the football enough times, I think. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, it seems like Watson likes to lock on to the one guy, much like when DeAndre Hopkins was there, but right now it's Will yeah. Fuller. So maybe you have Cooks on your watch list on speed dial because maybe he'll become that guy if Fuller gets hurt again. 
Yeah, he he's already dropped in my in one league where I had him, but unfortunately, not on my other one where he got the start for me. <laughs> <laughs> sure, and then of course uh, Duke Johnson back from his ankle injury limited David Johnson's usage in the past game, so this really just caps David Johnson's upside. Uh, I would say he's a flex right now, maybe a low end RB two. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Yep, I think that's about right. I man, I. I have no faith in Houston, but I guess I'll go with the Texans here. This is just a pitiful, pitiful, pitiful game to call. Um, Romeo Cornell is a defensive guy, but I don't think he has the players other than J.J. Watt to get something going here. Wow. I think this is a game. Yeah, I'm going to go with Houston. This is a game where the team rallies around the change in coaching to prove a point to Bill O'Brien and, and Deshaun Watson first throws for 400 yards and runs in two touchdowns. I'm fine with that, but I'll certainly be staying far, far away betting wise on this game. Um, stick to the player props for this one, right? Maybe take the over. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Nothing too big. All right. It's so moving on to the afternoon slate. Then uh, Miami at San Francisco is going to be the first game. I, I've really expected more from Preston Williams to this point in the season, but he's averaged just 59% of the target or excuse me of the snaps 59% target share would be insane. Um, but he's played just 59% of the snaps on offense over the last two weeks. It would seem that he has a ways to go to get back to full speed from that ACL last year. So Parker remains the clear number one, basically he's the guy as a volume wide receiver two here yeah preston does not look like even the wide receiver two on this team to me at this point so i don't think he's worth holding on to for now yeah he probably doesn't need to be rostered right now um on the Niners side here the fact that preston williams is still not back to full snaps should also be a word of caution to those with debo samuel he did look good on limited snaps against the eagles last night but played just 34 percent of the offensive snaps I think this offense is really going to start coming together when Garoppolo returns, hopefully this coming week, uh, and he's not going to need to do a whole lot, just not turn it over like Mullins, just distribute the ball to his playmakers and Kittle and Samuel and Ayuk and McKinnon all helping him out. So I think he's a great QB pickup for those leagues that you know saw him dropped after that injury. Yeah, I think you're just fine right there to roll them out uh, with complete agreement with you, Monk. I think it is worth noting that Mullins and Kittle picked up right where they left off on his record-setting season. 15 catches here, just nuts. Um, so if Garoppolo does miss or or get hurt later in the season, um, I, I know he's expensive, but I think you have to use Kittle in, in practically all your daily lineups. Um, he's going to set records with Mullins. Yeah, I mean, I, I think even with Garoppolo, Kittle's basically just QB proof. Oh, of course, of course. But uh, but that year where he set the records, that was with uh, Nick Mullins coming in. Uh, on the running back side, Jarek McKinnon dominated both the rushing and the receiving targets for the running backs. This could, of course, change at any time in this offense, but I think uh, McKinnon is at the very least a strong flex, probably a very strong running back, too, here at home. As long as Mostert is still out. As long as Mostert is still out, yep. Which is in question because he's been out two weeks uh, with the MCL sprain, so that's something monitor, but certainly McKinnon was a workhorse uh, with Mostert out. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. saw a lot of work last week, or I should say two weeks ago against the Jets, but that was mostly in garbage time. Or uh, against the Giants, sorry. Um, But that was mostly in garbage time. So Mostert out, you're starting McKinnon, Mostert in. 
Well, I think you're still starting McKinnon, but he's more of a flex. Yes, absolutely. All right. So, uh, I, um, I think I'm still taking San Francisco here. Yeah, you play with your mind and your heart. Go with San Francisco. Miami's not going to beat the Niners. Yes, I mean, more up in question if Beathard or Mullins gets the start, but I think if Garoppolo's back, uh, San Francisco's a fairly safe bet. I think regardless, they, they're going to trounce them. All right. Um, I think Miami's been better than expected, though. They they stayed in the game against Seattle for quite a bit. I think that was more Seattle putting up a stinker than than anything else, though. You know, great teams, good good offenses. There's so many things that have to go right for offensive plays to uh, to go right, and Seattle has had so many things go in their favor. They were bound to have a few things uh, go against them, and they still won the game. Yeah, I'm not too worried about them, but we'll get to the no. Seahawks in just a bit. The next game here, Indianapolis Colts at the Cleveland Browns. It's kind of baffling uh, how the Colts refused to feature two of their best offensive skill position players. Yeah. After dominating nearly 75% of the carries in week two after Marlon Mack got hurt. Since then, Jonathan Taylor has seen less than half of the team's carries in weeks three and four. And he saw just one target in the passing game in each of the last two weeks. Likewise, with Trey Burton back, Mo Alley-Cox saw less than half of the snaps on offense, despite being the most explosive receiving option they have. For now, Taylor's more of an RB2 until we see his usage increase, and Mo Alley-Cox could have huge upside if the Colts dedicated, you know, feeding him the ball, but for now, he's still just a touchdown-dependent tight end, too. You know, call me crazy, but I, I didn't see that second part of what you were saying there. I thought you were going to talk about T.Y. Hilton and just talk about how he must be washed. But instead, you uh, you you dropped Mo Cox on us all. And yeah, he's great, but I can't get behind him as like a potential superstar tight end. I just can't do it at this point. And um, there's got to be a reason that, that uh, Indy's not doing it yet either. Well, I think uh, by omission, you know how I feel about T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> I, yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, as far as Jonathan Taylor goes, he is still getting the carries. You, you're right. He did get less than half, but I think that's a little misleading. He did have 17 carries compared to the other two backs combining for 18. So for most backs, you would be happy with 17 carries in a week. Um, they're just running a ton out of the ball. I don't understand why Jordan Wilkins had nine carries, though. I really don't understand it concerning his 1.7 yards per carry average this game hopefully they're going to dial into the film look at what happened and realize that he needs to fade away a bit jonathan taylor needs to be a little more featured hopefully we'll see real quick matchup against cleveland though real quick would it be crazy who do you want between james robinson and jonathan taylor right now this week or season in redraft if someone offers you that trade Ooh. Wow. You know, you've made a true question there. You really have because Robinson is getting the uh, receptions. I think, oh, I really don't want to say it, uh, but I think you got to lean Robinson. And then after uh, Jonathan Taylor's horribly misused, about week, week eight, week nine, you can trade back for Jonathan Taylor plus a wide receiver for your James Robinson. So there you're good to go. Yeah, so I don't think it's crazy at all right now. In fact, I think if you own uh, or if you have Jonathan Taylor rostered, I, I, I don't know about you, Los, I'm trying to get away from that owned terminology. I've seen it 
you know, discussed a little bit. And I, I don't think it's a huge deal, but do, it doesn't hurt to move away from that terminology, right? No, it doesn't hurt me. Uh, what, what do you want me to say? I mean, it's a digital game with a computer. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've just been trying to say rostered more. I think that's... Oh, roster. Oh, yeah. Okay, yes. Ro- but to me, okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, rostered works. Um, just a quick right. side note. So what do you say instead of team owners then? Team rosterers? No, I think it's still fine to say you own the fantasy team, but you know, you roster team the owners. players, something okay. like that. Rosterers. Okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I, I don't think it's crazy right now. You could probably trade away Taylor for, you know, Jonathan or James Robinson plus like a wide receiver or something, right? Because yeah. in, in a lot yeah, of people's I minds, in a lot of people's minds, they're still winning that trade because they think they're buying low on Taylor when really they're, they're pretty equivalent fantasy assets, I think. If at this point, seeing what we've seen through these uh, last couple of weeks, if somebody is going out of their way to try and roster Jonathan Taylor, you can probably get a little extra out of him. Right. And, you know, of course, uh, as soon as we say this, I'm sure that Naeem Hines will, you know, sprain an ankle or something, and then Taylor will just get like 10 10 receptions, whatever. Um, Sadly, uh, exploding in a bad way was Nick Chubb. Uh, He's going to be out for a few weeks. He was placed on IR. You just broke my heart. (laughs) Well, you kind of tossed me that layup there for the alley. Yeah. Um, But Kareem Hunt assumes the lead role in this backfield, but don't forget about Ernest Johnson. He got involved pretty heavily after Chubb left the game. Of course, Hunt did come into the game with a groin injury, so that probably factored in. Um, But Johnson is a possible pickup at running back. Do you think he's flex-worthy? Not this week. No, not against Indianapolis, I don't. Uh, I would agree with that, but do you think he's worth picking up for the next few weeks? I think we need to hear a little more about Nick Chubb first, knowing how bad this injury is going to be. Knowing how, I mean, I know he's gone for three weeks, but he could be gone for the season. Who knows? If that's the case, mm-hmm. certainly uh, you'd wish you had Ernest Johnson because, uh, again, if Cream uh, Hunt goes down or something, then he, he's certainly known to be injury prone. Uh, not injury prone, but he's had his issues with injuries. I think he would plug right in very well as a running back two on his own. Uh, I, I think that we're going to see a lot of that 1A, 1B mentality that we saw with chubb and hunt um but but i do expect it to lean more in the hunt direction like for example hunt and chubb both had high leverage carries near goal line areas i don't really expect Ernest johnson to get any of those right definitely uh, more of a, a lesser priority pickup uh, especially you know the colts this week and then they face the steelers in two weeks but depending on your roster yeah. depending on your record they do get cincinnati and then las vegas after that so juicy that's nice yeah so just keep that in mind again uh whether or not you want to pick up darnest johnson is really going to come down to your team roster and your team's record speaking of drops how about jarvis landry uh his point total does not add up if you read the uh, box score next to his name because a lot of that production was due to that deep pass to odell beckham jr I don't know how much, I don't know how many leagues I'd be willing to start uh, Jarvis Landry in anymore. Nope, I don't think Landry needs to be rostered. Um, yeah, and I will say I also think Odell Beckham is a sell high. Uh, you know, this is a crazy yeah. blow up oh, yeah. week against Dallas. Um, that kind of game script is likely not going to happen again this year. And the Browns really, really love to run the ball. They 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 do not want to throw it as as much as they did last year. And I don't think that 
um, Beckham's going to be more than a matchup dependent wide receiver too. He's going to be a little boomer bust. Yep. Total agreement there. All that being said, this is another close one. I don't, I don't know if the Browns are legit maybe, or if Dallas is really just bad, but I'm still going to lean the Colts here. Unfortunately, the Colts are a team that can seem to coach themselves out of games at times, and Frank Reich is really good. Um, so I, I can't really explain why that happens from time to time. My gut, my heart, and my head all say that the Colts should win this game handily, but I think you're right. I think this gets decided by uh, maybe a field goal. I'm still leaning towards the Colts, though. Okay, yeah, but certainly I could see the uh, the under in this game. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think it's yeah, going to be a lot yeah, of field goals. The Indy just disappears sometimes. It's crazy. To be fair, they're trying to hide Philip Rivers as much as possible. I guess, yeah, buddy. I mean, they can hide him quite well behind that O-line. Right. Um, the next game here, uh, the battle for first, I guess, in NFC East. Uh, How disgusting. How gross is that? Uh, yeah, the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you said it multiple times, Los, in the preseason podcast episode, and I think in one of the early shows, the Giants have had a brutal few games to start the year, but their schedule clears up a lot. They get Dallas this week, and then Philadelphia and Washington make up four of their five games after that. Um, given what we saw from this Dallas defense, or I guess what we haven't seen from this Dallas defense, Darius Slayton should be back in starting lineups. Uh, I think he's a strong wide receiver three with a lot of upside. Evan Ingram got a ton of targets this past week and Dallas is very susceptible, uh, against the tight end or, um, excuse me, two tight ends. So I have Ingram as a tight end one and then golden Tate too. get him in as a high ceiling flex play. This is that high leverage game for the week for your uh, for your daily roster lineups. Uh, would you stream Daniel Jones in a uh, in a season long here? I think he's in consideration. I put him in the waiver wire section, and I think there's a lot of good options at QB. So he you don't have to because he's still risky with the fumbles and the turnovers. And Dallas's defensive line is still pretty good. Um, that's yeah. the probably their only quote unquote strong piece on offense or excuse me on defense um defense, yeah. but yeah i mean he's got to get a lot more protective with the football uh he's still young you know he's a season and a half into his career or a season and a quarter so he'll hopefully figure it out at some point uh the running backs i want to talk about a little little bit you know the backfield is pretty well split between freeman gallman and lewis i'm not hugely interested in any of it but it does look like freeman might start to get more and more passing and catch-up work which should certainly come in this game so i think freeman's a play here yeah freeman's the guy you want if any but you know still just a a low flex play you know you're not expecting a whole lot from him variance i think he's a good daily variance play yeah i I think jones is is going to be interesting for uh dfs gpp lineups for sure um because this cowboys defense is just so horrendous uh but you know as a result of that we are seeing dalton schultz emerging a bit this is why i was so high on blake jarwin going into this season uh schultz is seeing a lot of ppr volume he could in fact finish the year as a top 10 tight end in ppr with all the shootouts that the the cowboys are going to be in so i think he's a priority add at tight end this week crazy that jarwin was going at tight end 20 and that was backup is almost clearly a tight end one right 
he's almost a top five. I think he's tight end eight or seven on the year, something like that. Jeez, just crazy, just awesome. Yeah, really like what I saw at him. Guy, you, you, if you were around me, you would have heard a very audible gasp when uh, when he looked like he was injured during the game this week. <laughs> uh, I will say though, the Giants do uh, defend the tight end pretty well, so maybe not the greatest streamer for this week, but I do think a priority add for the rest of the season here. Yeah, absolutely. Should be some ton, tons of points regardless. I I guess I'm still taking Dallas. You guess. Come on. It's the Giants, yeah. man. Of course you're taking Dallas. Dak Prescott's on 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 pace for 7,000 yards or something ridiculous. You're taking you're taking Dallas. I, I will say though, I think this could be a huge Zeke game. Huge. Yeah, I think it'll be a huge Amari Cooper game too. Yep, um, and then the <laughs> and next a huge game. Michael Gallup game and a huge C.V. Lamb game. <laughs> yeah, or a huge uh, Cedric Wilson game. <laughs> yes. I mean, Gallup has been the least consistent of everyone. I, I, I will say that. So so don't just, you know, slot everybody in without blinking. At least look at wh- what your options are. Well, so I, I think... I think the best comparison I can make for Gallup is he's in that old Robbie Anderson on the Jets role where they're just sending him mm-hmm. deep a lot. So, you know, either he's going to catch, you know, like three for 102 yards and a touchdown or two, or he's going to catch like three for 19, something like that. Yeah. For me, that's a perfect flex play. Yeah. Um, all right. Next game up here, Denver at New England. We're going to see about KJ Hamler's hamstring injuries injury excuse me but there's not much to love uh, about this broncos offense with true lock likely still a week away from returning i guess melvin gordon and jerry judy are both flex plays who should be decent but you know gordon also his floor and ceiling are lowered by philip Lindsay likely being back this week i i also would not expect much from tim patrick when he's not facing a decimated jet secondary we are in agreement uh, with uh, Fant probably missing a bit of time here as well. That's correct, right? Oh, yes. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Uh, Fant is out for some time. They say it is not a season-ending ankle injury, but it is a severe one. Right. So given that and the issues with Hamler, I think now's the time to try and get more Jerry Judy. Uh, granted, that's not going to be possible if he was drafted by um, a, a fantasy player who follows college or plays dynasty game or knows much about Jerry Judy. But if he was auto drafted in certain leagues, things like that, I think right now is the time to try and sneak him onto your roster. Or if he's in, or if he's in the waiver wire pool, I would in a heartbeat drop Brandon cooks and pick up some Jerry Judy. If that's possible, something like that. I think his usage is going to continue to climb to a point of a near weekly solid floor, like a, like, um, well, now that Jamison Crowder is without uh, Sam Darnold for right now, that's not a great uh, comparison, but I think we could see something similar to that. Yeah, um, just, I, oh, excuse me, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, Judy is not on our waiver wire ads section because he is more than 50% rostered, uh, but certainly if he's out there, um, worth adding. On the New England side here, they are playing right now down to Kansas City. Brian Hoyer has not looked good tonight. Uh, Yikes. Neither is Jared Stidham. Two interceptions. Yeah, Damian Harris, though, looking pretty fly. Um, Maybe we see more of him with Sony Michelle on IR? Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. Um, I, I know we do. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I picked up Harris in a few leagues um, right before kickoff. But, uh, you know, he'll be someone uh, potentially a waiver wire ad, depending on how the rest of this game goes. Uh, he certainly has looked good, broken a couple of big runs. 
Um, anything else to add on? I don't understand why he's not getting work in the pass game. I thought that was one of his things as a, uh, coming out of college was that he was solid in the pass game. Maybe I'm going crazy. Well, I mean, probably not as trusted as James White though. Of course not. Of course, no, of course not at this point. Oh man. I, it's you know it's probably gonna be do you want to start anybody on this team i i really don't i mean the best option is still probably julian edelman but even that yeah he's had some drops tonight uh, a bobble that led to a pick six just he hasn't looked good either without that chemistry with these quarterbacks i i think it's harris if the defense can do their job and keep brett ripian or uh, you know, whoever it is under yeah. center, uh, you know, I think this will just be a slug it out game for new England. So maybe Harris is the best flex play here. Yeah. I, I think uh, you probably onto something there. 17 carries so far. Yeah. Probably onto something. Yeah. This is still to me, this matchup comes down to Belichick versus Fangio and I'm taking Belichick. Yeah. Uh, nine times out of nine. All right, the next game up is going to be the Sunday night football game, Minnesota at Seattle. The Vikings finally got their first win, uh, leading to the firing of Bill O'Brien. I almost said Christian Kirk. Kirk Cousins is a decent streamer this week uh, in a good matchup against the Seahawks defense. And you're starting Cook and Thielen and Jefferson, even if Jamal Adams is back. Not much else to say here. Absolutely agree. Cousins a solid spot start. Justin Jefferson. I already have locked into a flex uh, flex spot on one of my rosters. Sounds good to me. Uh, and then not a whole lot to talk about here with Seattle either, is there? Uh, you know, you love this matchup. Should be another shootout, just like all the Seahawks games have been so far. They've come a long way from being the Legion of Boom. So, despite a down week from Lockett against Miami, you're still starting him. You're starting Wilson and Carson and Metcalf too. That's all I got. Yeah, I think it. I think it's just worth mentioning not to not to be worried for for Tyler Lockett. Every single wide receiver who's great has some down weeks. Mike Evans had a zero catch week last year. We still love Mike Evans. Tyler Lockett will be fine. Yeah, and I, I don't hate um, Greg Olson or Will Disley this week in DFS or if you're desperate at tight ends. Minnesota does give but up. Which some. one? I think it's still Olsen for now. Disley's getting healthier. He's seeing more run, but it seems like they've gotten over Olsen's uh, bobble that led to Wilson's first pick of the year against uh, the Patriots a couple weeks ago. So I, I think it is still the Olsen chill for now. All right. Um, Seattle, yes? Yes, I will take Seattle. Yeah, it, it's really hard to bet against uh, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen right now. Those are the three guys who Very are just tough. Hot. Very tough. Um, but, uh, pretty hot, uh, as well is Justin Herbert. The Monday night football game should be a good one. The LH Chargers at the new Orleans saints, man, Herbert is playing lights out as a rookie, despite Anthony Lynn's refusal to commit to him as their starter going forward. Uh, the saints uh, have a lot of injuries on offense and defense, so I'm not scared uh, of this defense right now. Herbert should be a fine streamer, especially with his rushing production, offering a safe floor and high ceiling. The big news, of course, uh, is Austin Eckler out for multiple mm-hmm. weeks with that hamstring injury. Josh Kelly should step into the lead role here as a serviceable RB2 in PPR, although he did fumble against the Bucks, I, I think it's still his job to lose here. Um, and then Justin Jackson uh, is still a viable flex play as well. 
I'm hoping that you don't have to rely on either of them this week. I think against New Orleans, neither of them are going to be very usable. They're going to be splitting carries, and New Orleans is very tough against running backs. So this is not a week where I would go spending high on them and possibly hope that somebody that does rely on them either lets them go or lets them go on the cheap after disappointing this week because I, I fully expect them to disappoint this week. Yeah, you know, it depends on the injuries because they have injuries in the secondary and on the defensive line. They gave up that touchdown to Adrian Peterson. Um, I don't hate Josh Kelly as a flex play here. Hmm. Okay. All right, and on the Saints side, uh, the Chargers, of course, are also dealing with plenty of injuries on offense and defense. So, you know, uh, Michael Thomas likely back for this game is going to be huge for them. This, of course, relegates Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith back to the bench for fantasy purposes, just wide receiver fours. Although, keep an eye on Jared Cook as well with that groin injury. Uh, The Chargers are a good matchup for tight ends uh, with them being tough on the outside. So, you know, keep an eye on his practice status. You're not going to know until late in the week with Cook, which, you know, we we know has had a very up and down career in terms of uh, consistency. For sure. Uh, I think that we could see something very similar to the Tampa Bay game with Breeze much less than mobile. Um, the Chargers having that very good pass rush. I expect a huge passing game for Alvin Kamara. Not that you're not playing him, but could just be a little extra confidence boost in daily lineup if that's the way you want to go for it. Uh, are you worried at all about the return of Michael Thomas against Casey Hayward? I mean, I'm not you know sitting him in a season long, but I'm not jumping to throw him in in, in a daily lineup. I don't think so. They'll move him around. I think he's raring to go. They'll find ways to get the ball to him. All right. And and he's about as matchup proof as you get. That's fair, but those high ankle sprains, they can linger. Well, yeah, and I think, speaking of, I think that's why I'm more confident in Thomas returning this coming week because they have held him out for so long. Um, much sure. like much like with Christian McCaffrey, I'm glad they placed him on IR. We saw what happened when Barkley tried to come back too early last year, just really didn't look like himself. So, you know, for these star players with, you know, tough high ankle sprains and these severe injuries, um, I, I feel better when the teams do hold them out for longer. I feel more confident in their returns. Oh, there you go. I think you hit the nail on the head, especially with that Saquon Barkley uh, 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 mention. I, I, you know, call me crazy, call it crazy for them to uh, put so much stock in something happening to such a young player. But I think a lot of teams saw, hey, this is a generational talent. Um, this is the way we have to treat our superstars. We have to be very safe with them. And when we are, they're going to play in the games and pay dividends. Now, unfortunately, Saquon had another setback this year, but that's another, you know, that's another thing altogether. Yeah, and you know Herbert's been playing so good. I do think this is going to be a much closer game than expected, but it's tough to bet against the Saints in the Superdome. Yep, precisely what I was thinking. Uh, you know, in that in that similarity of the Tampa Bay, we might see the uh, the Chargers get up again, but I do think Drew Brees wins here. Yeah, I mean, tough uh, tough rookie year for Justin Herbert facing Brady and now Brees two weeks back to back. Yeah, great, uh, great experience for him though. You know, it's gonna uh, a couple names to put on the resume to and, lose to. And he's, I mean, he's risen to the challenge. I think his stock in Dynasty, particularly, has really, has really jumped. Oh, it has to have. Nobody took him seriously as a as a prospect. It didn't seem like, other than uh, the Chargers, I guess. Yeah. Um, All right. Chargers coaching doesn't seem to since, I mean, it's even worse than just not committing to him as a starter. Anthony Lynn has said if uh, Tavares Jackson, no. 
Tavares Jackson, yeah. If Tavares Jackson was Tyrod Taylor, he would be starting. Tyrod Taylor. Good try. It's all right. It's all right. First week back. That's why we're limiting your carries. I knew it wasn't right. I knew it wasn't right. Um, All right. This is the first week that we have official bye weeks. So Detroit and Green Bay are the two teams on bye. We've got Matthew Stafford, Adrian Peterson, DeAndre Swift, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and TJ Hawkinson for the Lions. So if you have those guys, be prepared to be without them. And then for Green Bay, they're playing right now. uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams gets an extra week to heal that hamstring. It sounds like he was close to returning tonight before he tweeted out that uh, he was not going to be. So uh, fair confidence that he will be back following their bye week. And the Marcus Valdez-Scantling, interesting. Depending on your bench spots, maybe worth holding through the bye if Alan Lazard is going to be out for extended time. And then you've got Robert Tanyan and Jay Sternberger. We'll see how much the tight ends get involved uh, with both Adams and Lazard out tonight. Real quick, um, before we get to the injuries as well, uh, a COVID update that the Titans had no new positive tests today, uh, but their week five matchup against Buffalo does still remain up in the air just in case they have any more. Um, They could play as scheduled, but teams uh, who are relying on Tannehill and Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, and Johnny Smith should have a backup plan just in case. But certainly good for AJ Brown, who gets an extra week or two to heal that bone bruise on his knee. Just like the Steelers, it's like they planned it. <laughs> right, certainly worked out. Um, all right, let's get through our injuries real quick. <clears throat> Starting with the quarterbacks. Yes. Absolutely. So starting off with some quarterbacks, Cam Newton, of course, came up uh, positive with that COVID testing. He's going to need to test negative two days in a row or test negative 10 days after his initial positive test. I find it very unlikely that he's going to be back this week with the team likely to be cautious in not exposing others and uh, potentially ending the season. Josh Allen with the shoulder sprain and that non-throwing shoulder questionable. He was able to finish the game versus the Raiders and looked good. The Bills may not want to risk their franchise quarterback given their playoff hopes. I would monitor his practice status this week, but there isn't a major risk of him him missing their week five game. Uh, Sam Darnold with the shoulder sprain in the throwing shoulder. Like Allen, Darnold uh, suffered a shoulder sprain, but in his throwing shoulder. He may or may not be the future of the Jets at this point, but the team will likely exercise caution with him. He should not have been relied on in one quarterback leagues anyways and doesn't need to be held on in uh, rosters in one quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo with the high ankle sprain is questionable for return. They were optimistic that he might return even on Sunday night, but uh, Nick Mullins ultimately got the start. After the defeat, largely due to Mullins' inability to move the offense, the Niners are likely eager to get Jimmy Garoppolo back in the lineup. With another week to heal, it's optimistic for him to return in week five. Drew Locke with the rotator cuff strain of the throwing shoulder. He was reportedly about 50-50 for this week, but they should not rush back their potential franchise quarterback. Those with Locke on the rosters should still have a backup plan for this week. And Tyra Taylor with the chest injury. Anthony Lynn uh, continues to refuse to commit to Justin Herbert as a starter despite the rookie strong play. Taylor looked bad even when healthy earlier in the year and doesn't need to be rostered in one quarterback for Mets. And at running back, starting off with Nick Chubb with that MCL sprain. He is on IR now, out for at least three weeks, if not more. And with Cleveland's bye in week nine, if Chubb's knee injury is on the more severe side, the most likely scenario could be a week 10 return. The best case scenario for those with Chubb on the rosters is obviously having Kareem Hunt, but there are some waiver wire options coming up if not. 
Austin Eckler with that severe hamstring injury also out for multiple weeks. The reports are that this is serious and he should be held on in uh, on rosters uh, if possible, but teams that were relying on him at running back should make plans for an extended absence here. And we'll, we'll talk about the other Chargers running backs in just a few minutes. Leonard Fournette with that high ankle sprain is doubtful for this Thursday night turnaround. There was late news about Fournette's uh, ankle sprain, and these generally take multiple weeks to heal, even if they're more on the minor side, so expect to see more of Ronald Jones this week. And of course, also LaShawn McCoy with an ankle injury as well. He's questionable. He left early in the game against the Chargers, and we really don't know a whole lot yet about this injury. He could miss a week with the Bucks playing on Thursday night, so monitor his practice status. Christian McCaffrey with that high ankle sprain still on IR, out, to, uh, out through at least week five, which means that week six against Chicago is the earliest that he could return. Hopefully those who drafted McCaffrey were able to add Mike Davis after his injury. Raheem Mostert with the MCL sprain is questionable. We'll see if Mostert can get back to practice this week. The Niners may choose to rest him another week given their continued success with Jarek McKinnon. The running game was not the issue against Philadelphia. Tevin Coleman with a knee injury, also on IR, out through at least week five, which means that week six versus the Rams is the earliest that he could return. Again, McKinnon's playing well and Mostert is expected back sooner, so Coleman does not need to be held through his absence in shallower formats. Cam Akers with a rib injury, he's questionable. These injuries are all about pain tolerance, and his status is going to depend on how quickly he heals. With Henderson and Brown already splitting the snaps in this backfield, Akers isn't a must-hold. Even when he returns, the Rams are likely to continue utilizing this committee approach. Philip Lindsay with the toe sprain, he is probable to return this week. With Denver having played on Thursday night, he now has 10 days to fully heal up. It's likely that we're going to see him return after he was close to suiting up against the Jets. And finally, Le'Veon Bell with that hamstring strain is probable. The early reports are that Bell will be ready to return this week, but with Darnold now possibly out, an already struggling Jets offense could be in major trouble. Bell is a flex at best, even if active this week. As for the wide receivers, Chris Godwin is doubtful with that hamstring injury. As we know, hamstring injuries can get aggravated if players return to play too soon. And with Tampa playing this Thursday night this week, they're probably going to hold him out another week with 10 days to heal before week six, which hopefully he can be back for. Uh, the good news is that uh, with the Thursday game, fantasy players are going to know early to make a lineup decisions accordingly. On the other side of the same field, Mike Evans with the high ankle sprain is questionable currently. A lot, of course, depends on the severity of the sprain. Evans was able to finish the game versus the Chargers and looked effective, but sprains can swell more after the game, and it's a short turnaround with the Bucks playing on Thursday night. It's very possible that Evans misses a, uh, at least a week, if not more. Those with Mike Evans on the roster should have a backup plan ready, but at least they'll know early for start-sit start, decisions. Deontay Johnson recovering from that concussion. He's probable. When the unexpected bye week due to the COVID outbreak in Tennessee, Johnson should be ready to rock and roll with the extra week to clear concussion protocol. Devontae Adams with the hamstring strain is possible for week six after Green Bay's bye. Adams got some limited work in this past week before ultimately being inactive for tonight's game. With another two weeks to heal up, he should be ready for a return after the bye. Michael Thomas with his 
his high ankle sprain. Thomas got some limited practices in the past week before ultimately being inactive versus Detroit. It sounds like he's trending to play in week five. KJ Hamler with an injured hamstring. He uh, had the injury occur on Thursday night, so we'll have a few extra days to heal, but he's no guarantee to return this week. Monitor his practice participation here. Henry Ruggs with the hamstring injury and Brian Edwards with the high ankle sprain. Both are questionable. The Raiders offense struggled with two starting wide receivers out versus the Bills. Monitor both of their practice statuses through the week, but Ruggs would be more likely to return than Edwards, it seems. Deshaun Jackson, again, with a hamstring injury. They can be aggravated if they return to play too soon, and Jackson being older means it could take longer for him to fully heal. Keep an eye on his status this week. Mike Williams also has a hamstring injury. Again, they can be aggravated if they return too soon, but with rookie uh, Herbert playing very well, he's a hold right now, or an intriguing waiver ad if he was dropped. Of course, if not Tavares Jackson, but Terod Taylor gets the start again, Mike Williams is going to be uh, very highly targeted as he was in the first couple of uh, games of the season. A.J. Brown with a bone bruise. These injuries can take a few weeks to heal, so fantasy GMs should not count on Brown returning this week. He's questionable. We must continue to monitor his status. Jalen Rager had thumb surgery. He's on the IR for at least six weeks. He's not going to be a factor until the second half of the season. He is a safe drop outside of super deep leagues, or if you're not using your IR spot. And Paris Campbell with the strained PCL. Sprained PCL. He's on injured reserve. Campbell's out likely through the week seven bye and might not return at all this year. He does not need to be rostered in most redraft formats here. And at tight end, we've got Jared Cook with the groin injury. He is questionable. He suffered the injury against the Packers two weeks ago on Sunday night, so monitor his practice status this week. Dallas Goddard with that high ankle sprain is doubtful. These are tough to recover from and it will likely be a multi-week absence for him. Check in on Goddard's practice status this week, but have a backup plan ready. Noah Fant with that severe ankle injury is out. Again, Denver reported that Fant is not out for the year, but this ankle injury is still quite severe, so expect him to be out for multiple weeks. And sadly, O.J. Howard with the Achilles tear, he's done for the year and can safely be dropped in all redraft formats. And with every injury and drop, there must be a reflexive ad and another player with an opportunity. And we'll talk about some of those here in our waiver wire section. As for the quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, 12% in ESPN, 16% in Yahoo. The rookie is turning heads with his performances in big games, nearly beating first Mahomes and now Brady. As long as Anthony Lynn comes to his senses and declares Herbert the starter going forward, he's a great option this week versus a banged-up Steelers defense and potentially rest of season as well. Daniel Jones, 28% in ESPN, 34% rostered in Yahoo. Uh, as I've mentioned a few times, the Giants' opening games were brutal matchups, but now Jones faces a helpless and hapless Dallas defense this week. Then he faces Philly and Washington twice each in the following five games. Now is the time to pick up Daniel Jones, despite how bad the Giants have looked through five games. Bad defenses versus bad defenses lead to a lot of offense, and that's what we're going to see going forward. Gardner Minshew, 46% owned across the board, rostered across the board. We mentioned last week that Minshew was a good bet to rebound versus soft Cincinnati secondary after a horrendous showing versus Miami, especially if DJ Chark was back healthy. And guess what? He did. 
With Chark Pack, Chark back, Jacksonville's entire offense clicked again. Houston's defense is very far from scary, and it gets Detroit after that, the cowardly Lions. Jimmy Garoppolo, 23% in ESPN, 31% rostered in Yahoo. Nick Mullins looked less than good versus Philadelphia, putting to rest any doubts that Garoppolo would return as the starter. With San Fran's defense hurt and struggling, Garoppolo could capitalize on some higher-scoring games rest of season with an arsenal of receiving weapons at his disposal in Kittle, Samuel, and Ayuk. And Teddy Bridgewater, 10% in ESPN, 19% in Yahoo. Bridgewater did well versus soft Arizona secondary, gets in another great matchup this weekend versus a Falcons defense that can't seem to stop at anyone. Plus, we saw Bridgewater has some rush ups, rushing upside as well versus Arizona, which always tacks on some nice bonus points. Indeed. And uh, kicking off the running backs here, we've got Joshua Kelly, 56% roster in ESPN, 55% in Yahoo, and Justin Jackson, 9% in ESPN and just 5% in Yahoo leagues. With Eckler out for multiple weeks following that severe hamstring injury, Kelly has RB2 potential, and Jackson becomes a viable flex in his absence. With great rushing matchups against the Saints, Jets, Dolphins, Jaguars, and Raiders coming up, both Chargers running backs are priority ads. Kelly should be the higher priority, though he's already rostered in many leagues, more than half. Chase Edmonds, 25% ESPN, 35% Yahoo. Drake's chest injury isn't serious, and he's expected to play this week. However, Edmonds continues to siphon far more work as a receiver. He's in flex consideration with a good matchup this week against the Jets and could see a lot of work as a receiver in upcoming shootouts against Dallas and Seattle. Dernis Johnson, uh, not rostered at all in ESPN, 2% in Yahoo. The Colts are tough to run on, but Johnson is worth flex consideration, taking over part of Nick Chubb's vacated role during his absence. Kareem Hunt, of course, is the better start among the Cleveland running backs, but already widely rostered, so Johnson becomes the 1B in this backfield over the next few weeks. Duke Johnson Jr., 28% rostered in ESPN, 18% in Yahoo. Likewise with, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, Duke Johnson, a desperation RB4, who's seeing some work in the passing game behind David Johnson. With Houston's defense struggling to stop opponents, the Texans are expected to be in quite a few pass-heavy game scripts this year. And finally, Reggie Bonifon, if you're desperate, not rostered in ESPN or Yahoo, he saw some extensive work behind Mike Davis with 10 carries to Davis' 16 and two targets. He's a short-term desperation RB4 until McCaffrey returns. Next up, we've got wide receivers. Cole Beasley, 20% rostered in ESPN, 25% Yahoo. Josh Allen is on pace for an MVP season. As long as Allen's shoulder's fine, Beasley really doesn't see a scary matchup until the Chargers in Week 12 after Buffalo's bye. He is a serviceable wide receiver three right now, given the efficiency of the Bills' offense. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS, 44% ESPN, 67% Yahoo. He is not a priority ad this week, given that Green Bay is on a bye the coming week, and Adams should be back in week six. That said, if Alan Lazard misses extended time from his groin surgery, MVS has boom or bust flex potential for as long as Lazard is out. LaVisca Chenault, the rookie, 27% in ESPN, 24 in Yahoo. Chark's return actually benefited Chenault, with the Jacksonville offense playing more efficiently overall with Chark back. Chenault is establishing himself as the clear number two option behind Chark and has the flex potential going forward. Debo Samuel, 73 and 74. Brandon Ayuk, 26 in ESPN, 57 in Yahoo. 
Samuel may be available in some leagues, and Ayuk is widely available. Both are high-ceiling flex plays with San Fran likely to pass more this year with their defense injured and not as dominant as they were in 2019. Hunter Renfro, 39% in ESPN, 42 in Yahoo. Even with Ruggs and Edwards out versus Buffalo, Renfro's stat line was not the greatest. That said, he led all Raiders wide receivers in targets with eight behind only Darren Waller's 12 and should again see heavy target volume against this uh, again this week versus the Chiefs. Mike Williams, 36% in ESPN, 39 in Yahoo. That seems pretty low to me, actually. Uh, Williams may be out for another week or two with his hamstring injury, but Herbert is playing lights out. He's been very accurate on his deep shots. He's got a cannon for our, for an arm as well. Williams is a wide receiver three with upside once he returns, especially with the Chargers wide receivers having great matchups coming up versus the Saints, Jets, Dolphins, Jaguars, and Raiders over the next five weeks. I think I saw a stat that uh, Herbert, all his touchdowns have been, all his deep touchdowns have been thrown to essentially undrafted free agent or un, yeah, UDFA guys who are UDFAs as rookies. Just imagine what he could do with a first rounder, Mike Williams. Golden Tate, 52% in ESPN, 35 in Yahoo. The Giants offense has yet to click, but Tate saw the third most targets behind the Ingram and Slayton, and they have projected shootouts coming up against Dallas. And then four games coming against after that against Philly and Washington in the next five games after that. So the points will be flowing. Indeed, and the points will be flowing as well for Dalton Schultz, 34% mm-hmm. rostered in ESPN, 52% Yahoo. The Giants defend against the tight end well, so Schultz is more of a rest-of-the-season pickup, but he's essentially what we wanted Blake Jarwin to be in this offense and could be a tight end one in PPR for the remainder of the year given Dallas's pushover defense, keeping them in shootouts every single week. Mo Alley-Cox, 22% in ESPN, 33 in Yahoo. Trey Burton's return cut into Mo Alley-Cox's playing time and target share, with him battling Burton and Doyle for snaps and targets. As with Jonathan Taylor, it's baffling why the Colts won't feature two of their best skill position players on offense, but that said, Alley-Cox remains a high-end tight end too. Uh, with upside if the Colts eventually give him a more prominent role. Rob Gronkowski, 70% rostered in ESPN, 57% Yahoo, and Cameron Bray, not rostered anywhere. With O.J. Howard out for the season and both Godwin and Evans hurt, both Tampa Bay tight ends could see increased roles in the passing game, especially this week against a Bears defense that's already given up three touchdowns to tight ends through four games. And finally, Robert Tanyan, 8% rostered in ESPN, 26% Yahoo. He's already scored a touchdown tonight against the Falcons. So we could see he and Sternberger uh, have expanded roles with Alan Lazard out for a few weeks following his groin injury. Although Devontae Adams back after the bye does limit Tanyan's upside a little bit. couple possible streaming defenses here. Arizona. 42% rostered in ESPN, 50% Yahoo. The Cardinals' defense has not been good to start the year, but they get to face a just offense potentially led by Joe Flacco this week. Arizona could be an elite start for you. Wink, wink. Denver's DST, 70% in ESPN, 71 in Yahoo. The Broncos were a recommended pickup last week and weren't as good against the Jets as expected on Thursday night, but they still got six sacks. They're potentially worth holding versus a Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham-led Patriots offense in the coming week. Yeah, and real quick, too, we mentioned during the uh, previews, just in case it is Matt Barkley starting for the Buffalo Bills this week. Uh, a potential uh, pivot here could be the Titans defense, 11% mm-hmm. rostered in ESPN, 
and 21% rostered in Yahoo. So they are in, um, they are a viable candidate as well if they are indeed facing off against Barkley here. Very good. Yeah, and as always, uh, it's good to have you back, Los. Uh, if you listeners have more specific questions regarding your team or league, we're always happy to reply to questions on Twitter. You can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can find me at FFA Los, L-O-S, FFA underscore Los, I'm sorry, uh, L-O-S, Los. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes. And as always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 